Hi, welcome to Talking at No One, the show where I, Aloni, take on the biggest challenge I can, writing the impossible, something no one would ever attempt, alone, because I need to write this right now. This time, we're writing a slasher movie about influencers and trying to understand the tropes of slashers. Enjoy. honest, I almost forgot that I was doing Talking to No One this week. I thought Testers and Jesters was coming out, so I had a whole thing I was going to do with that. But I'm here, and we're doing Talking to No One. And for the last few hours, I've been trying to figure out, ooh, what am I going to do when I go on the show? What, what am I going to come up with? What am I going to explore? And I thought about slasher films. And I've always wanted to see a slasher about influencers VTubers, YouTubers, TikTokers, Instagrammers, all the different kinds in like a horror movie. So I thought, okay, that'd be a cool idea. Let me just look up the slasher archetypes and we'll go off that and I'll try to pair a slasher archetype with a influencer type so we can build a sort of character based on it. And then I went and Googled how uh, the slasher, like the, the slasher in quotes, archetypes, the things that are in all the 80s slasher movies. And I gotta be honest, I don't know how I feel about it now. I just read a very irritating article that really put things in perspective, and I don't know if I like the archetypal horror characters anymore. Because I love slasher movies. Me and my cousin, we would always watch them constantly. I don't even own any, like, DVDs of them, because he would own all of them. And then he would come over and we would watch... All the Friday the 13th, all the Nightmare on Elm Streets. He loved Friday the 13th. I loved Nightmare on Elm Street. We used to dress as Freddy and Jason on Halloween multiple times. It was a real personal thing for us. And we haven't been able to hang out a lot lately because I've been really busy with YouTube and our sleep schedules don't really line up. And really, ever since COVID started, we haven't really seen each other all that much. Even when it opened up, we just didn't have time to hang out. We did other things. But we would always sit down and watch these movies and they are fantastic i don't talk during movies i hate it when people talk during movies to me going to a movie theater or watching a movie at home is like going to church it's like a religious experience and i don't like it when people talk during my church i worship movies movies are how i understand the world they're how i communicate with others they're the thing that really help me understand everything and i think if you really do study movies and 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 TV shows, and entertainment in general, and you really absorb it, you can learn the secrets of the universe. You can learn anything if you just absorb and understand the mediums you are watching. Books supposedly give people empathy. They're supposed to be looking in the mind of another person helps you understand other people. But I think movies do even more. They make you empathize with people, but they also make you empathize with the creator, they make you understand what the creator's vision and beliefs are, and they transfer those beliefs onto you, and you can interpret them. And it, I feel like it's a bigger medium. But horror movies in the 80s, the slasher film specifically, is weird. And my cousin and I would watch them, and they're almost designed to be talked over. The kind of movies where you could just sit there and just talk the whole time. And that's what we would do when we watched them, because we've seen them like a dozen times. I don't even know, remember the plots of half of them sometimes. I remember way more about Friday the 13th than I do about Nightmare on Elm Street. No, not, damn it. I know, <laughs> I always mix them up when I'm saying them, too, because they're so synonymous with one another. But I, I know more about Nightmare on Elm Street than I do about Friday the 13th. Like, I can remember more. But I'm sure I've seen a lot of the Friday the 13th, but they are all very vastly different and kind of blur together. But... Those tropes aren't just in those movies, they, they transcend them, and they're not in every horror movie, especially nowadays. They're not around anymore, and they're actually really problematic and weird, but it's interesting to try to look at them and understand them, and then maybe make this influencer movie I wanted to make in the first place. So this article bothers me. It's from The Artifice, and it's called Six Archetypal Horror Characters and Why They're Important. 
And I just Googled, you know, horror archetypes because I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything. And this is pretty much the gist. But in this article, they go through each one. So they go through the jock, which is like the masculine, manly man, and how he usually becomes the villain of the group. And we might want him, but we also hate him. And when he actually fights the killer, the root of, you know, we root for the killer to kill him. And he's supposed to be like a really hateable dude. But it kind of brings up some really fucked up, like, stereotypes. I know so many jocks from high school that were, like, geniuses. Like, they were smart. They were attractive. They got what they wanted. They knew what they wanted. They were popular. But they also were smart. They could do math. And well. And the idea that smarts and attractiveness are separate traits that, you know, cannot intersect is stupid. The whole concept of a jock is ridiculous. Like, anyone can do sports. Some people can't do it, and some people don't want to do it. But you don't have to be a genius or dumb to do sports. It's a separate aspect of a personality from, you know, being tall or smart. I mean, you have to be physically fit in order to do sports. So they tend to have a certain group of people. But the idea that they're all these, like, meathead like, oh, I'm, I, I bang all the chicks and blah, blah, blah. It's a fucking stereotype. It's a stereotype that went around for a really long time. I think it's stupid. I think it's just shit in the 80s. Writers who are very self-conscious with themselves imagined they're the worst people at their high school and created this, like, facade. And I'm sure back then, these guys did exist more. And I, they still exist today. But I, I don't really think that they should be the only thing. And I mean, movies have kind of already deconstructed it with Cabin in the Woods. Chris Hemsworth was the jock, and he was actually smart, and he wasn't a jock, and he kind of broke all the stereotypes. And then when they went into the movie, the point of Cabin in the Woods is that it's all a game, it's all made up, and that this is what all horror movies are, is that they're fake, constructed things to entertain, and they're not real, and he actually gets dumbed down by pheromones and shit. And he goes from a smart and intelligent person into, like, a dead idiot who drives into a wall. The second one is the cheerleader, which is another crazy sexist thing, and it's the popular girl. So it's the same as the jock, but it's the female version. She's the hot, pretty girl, and she's a cheerleader for the football team, and she's got the big boobies, and she's blonde, and she's dumb. Yet again, another stupid thing, misogynistic to the 10th degree. And usually they get really annoying, and they scream, and they make stupid decisions, and everybody just wants them to die. Then they got the stoner slash the nerd, which I never understood until recently. That, yeah, there's usually one or the other. They usually, It's usually the outcast. They're the one in the group that isn't part of the normies. And they're usually punished for being a nerd or being a stoner or both. That they're a loser and you shouldn't want to be like them. And it's kind of disgusting, to be honest. And they're supposed to, you're supposed to hate them in a lot of these slashes, which is weird. But the most egregious of all of these is the token character. The token minority, they're called in this article. Which is basically like the stereotype that the black guy always dies first in the movie. Or they'll put someone of some non-white race in there just so that they can have that and be more diverse. But then they don't care about the characters. Then they write them badly and then the character gets killed like really fast because somebody's got to die first. I hate the way this article explains this they're important to the movie because well somebody has to go first and they might not be the first to die and it's just like i don't like it i i don't like that there's like one person of a specific race it's like why can't you just have everybody be different races is it that weird like it's their race shouldn't be part of their log line like it shouldn't a character shouldn't be based solely on their race like, when you're designing a character, you use cardboard cutouts first, right? A character is a, is an archetype. They're a cardboard cutout that you build up first, and then you give them more traits to make them a real person. So when you're starting to write a character, you shouldn't start off by being like, they're this race, and that's it. And that's what a lot of these movies did. And, like, when I'm writing, I like to be, you know, inclusive. So I'll say, I won't, I'll... I'll usually pick a race or a gender at the beginning to sort of give them something in the beginning, but I don't use that solely as who they are. That's that's not what it's about. Like, you just want different kinds of people in a movie, 
to be honest, you don't even really need to say what race or sex someone is. Usually you have to say what sex someone is because there's different tropes and, and storytelling aspects to different genders, like in the way society will treat them, and the same thing with race. But it doesn't have to be the starting point and the end point. And a lot of horror movies like to make them one of the other archetypes too. So it's like a requirement on a list to check off, and I never really liked that. But it's like if you don't talk about picking specific races and like having a diverse cast then you don't have one because when someone writes they're writing about a bunch of people that are different versions of them the people look like them and then if you're a white person writing well then all the characters are white and nobody goes and says hey maybe they shouldn't be and i'm glad that nowadays people say no they have to be i feel like it should just be a thing we automatically do and it shouldn't be a requirement or a non-requirement it should just be what we do should just be part of the process. And really, if anything, that's more of a casting choice. I mean, it's a writing choice if it's affected by the story in some way, but otherwise it's not. There's so many movies where they'll change the race or sex of a character last minute just because they like the actor or actress that has come on to play that part. It doesn't really matter in the long run. All that matters is that you try the entire time to not exclusively make characters that are you. So then there's the last two. There's the nice guy, which I've always hated. It brings up very incelly vibes that, ooh, there's this night, the nice dude. He's the good one. And I'm like, ugh. Everyone should be a nice, okay person. And then if they are a villain or if they are meant to be hated, then they are not nice. It shouldn't be the nice guy is the is a thing you pick. But they're usually just like the main guy in the movie. And then last is the final girl, or the virgin, which is usually like the innocent, pure one who didn't sin and get and who survives the entire ordeal. And they've played with this, they've added to it, they've done a million different takes on it. But this is the blueprint we use now when we try to write horror movies. We've boiled all horror movies down to other six kinds of characters. Even I, when I was going to write this, was like, oh, I'll just pick the six types. I'll just Google which what kinds of archetypes there are. And then I'll just base a character on each one, and I'm like, ugh. I mean, I get it. It's a writing tool. It's supposed to be there to help you as a jumping-off point, to help create the basics of a story. But I don't know. I don't know if it's a good idea or not. It's a tool that is necessary, I guess. But I've seen so many good horror movies that have nothing to do with this kinds of shit. And I think a lot of horror movies nowadays are just like, you don't start with that. You start with a fear or like with a concept or something you want to talk about because a horror movie is more than just a bunch of people getting killed. It usually has a message behind it or something it's trying to say. And if it is just pulpy fun of like murder, who done it, then it's got a mystery and it's all about which person is the bad guy. And it's all about setting up different targets and different people who it could be and making you think everybody is the killer. You know, murder on the Orient Express type shit. The idea that mysteries are hard to write and somehow they got lost when it became movies and it became horror because it became the pulpy schlocky garbage from the 80s and it's like I love those movies those movies are great and they're fucking crazy creative they don't just do oh there's the nerd and the stoner and the blah 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 they do that but then on top of it it's all about the villain Freddy Krueger goes into people's dreams and he stalks them because he got killed by their parents and he acts like a virus in later movies. And if you just hear his name, you're, you'll have nightmares about him. Like, that shit's good. That's some existential shit. Or Jason Voorhees is like a spirit of vengeance that he was neglected at the camp and died. And now he kills anyone who shows up there. Anyone who sins. But really, he'll just kill anyone who's there. And eventually, he just kind of evolves into... He's just a stand-your-ground guy that's living at the camp. Like a zombie that just kills anyone who comes in. Regardless of whether or not they've sinned, the movie still makes them do that, so that we root for Jason or we root for them. There were some interesting comments in here. At first it was like, oh, that's nice, blah, 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 and I was like, am I the only one that thinks this is stupid? And then there's some people that are like, I hate the final girl, because why can't it be a guy? And if if it's, and why is that sexist? And I'm like, it's not, but also, who cares? I think having one survivor is kind of dumb in general. I always like it when there's two people that were trying to bang the whole movie and then they both get out together. Or they both die at the end. Or I guess one of them gets away and the other one dies is probably the most compelling of all the options. I don't know. 
But there's an argument they make in there that if you didn't, the entire point of the article is probably written by either a random robot or somebody who acts like a robot in real life, article writers who want to write something and instead they sell out and get paid to write garbage and they just crap out article after article just so they can have the title of writer and make money writing. They're not doing storytelling. They're not doing exposés and changing, you know, policy or anything. They're just writing dribble garbage because it's what gets clicks. But in this article, they're basically, the argument is that these archetypes exist because it makes the movie better to watch. That that you wouldn't root for, you wouldn't care about the movie if you liked everyone, which is bullshit. There's a person in the comments who basically says that, no, if, if you care about all the characters, if all the characters are nice and you like them all, then you don't know who's going to die first. And you care about them more, so the stakes are higher because you don't want them to die because you like them. Whenever I watch a slasher movie, I always pick one character and I root for them. Everybody else, I don't give a shit about. And I just kind of pick the one character. And it's usually like the stoner or the nerd. Sometimes it's a jock. It depends on the personality. If I just, I basically at the beginning of every horror movie, you're getting to know each character and you're going, do I want them to live or do I want them to die? And then at the end of the movie, if they survive, you go, yay, I did it. And whenever I'm watching these with my cousin, I'm just trying to predict who's next. And that's the fun, right? It's all about the, ooh, who's next? And you're like reading the tropes and trying to figure out based on archetype who's next. But then you watch like an actual horror movie that's like not a slasher. And it ain't about that shit at all. It's about shit in your pants fear. But most of the time it's like spooky ghost or some of that shit. But it's it's different with each one. And then there's psychological horror movies. And then there's horror movies that have a statement that are like political almost. But then there's horror movies that are about human nature. And there's stuff about torture. There's, there's stuff like Saw, which is like mind gamey type stuff. And it's all about, like, the puzzle, murder mysteries. Like, there's just, like, so many different aspects of horror. And I'm always writing adventures. And adventure is easy because it, it fits everything. An adventure movie is just hero's journey the movie. And you just do it, and it's a fun little adventure. And it helps you escape your shitty life. But horror is like, oh, look deep at this and also escape. It's hard to play with. It's hard to work with. But my original idea was to do... A horror movie with influencers. I came up with a title. I was like, Murder at VidCon. That sounds cool. Because I'm like, where would all these characters be? And I do want to do the traditional horror thing of like, they're at a summer camp. Or, you know, sometimes I wonder if that traditional horror thing is even real. Like, how many horror movies actually use those tropes other than Friday the 13th? I feel like it's a collective delusion that every horror movie uses the stuff from Friday the 13th. Because they just say Friday the 13th. They act like there's a mil- like every horror movie is Friday the 13th, and it's not. Not even Friday the 13th is Friday the 13th. The original Friday the 13th isn't about an axe-wielding maniac. It's about fucking... Spoiler alert, by the way. It's about Jason's mom, like, doing shit. It's about an old woman murdering people because her son died. And then the second one, he doesn't have a hockey mask. He's just running around killing fools for no reason. Um, maybe because his family, he was murdered. And then in the third one, that's where they add the whole mama's boy and like the whole concept with the hockey mask and everything. And then like, there's 13 Friday the 13th movies. Like the 13th one is, was about to come out and then they stopped making it for some reason. Pre-COVID, they stopped it. I don't know why they stopped it. I want it. I want Friday the 13th, 13. And I want that to be the fucking title. Friday the 13th and the 13 is like extra bold. Name another movie that is actually, like, Friday the 13th, other than, like, parodies of it, like, Sleepaway Camp, or shit like that. Like, Scream is nothing like Friday the 13th. Even Halloween is nothing like Friday the 13th, just because it's about a guy with a knife who's chasing people. Halloween is, like, very specific. It's, like, he's broken out of the asylum, and he's, like, tracking down a specific person, in, uh, and his therapist is trying to stop him. And it's all about, like, whether or not evil is innate, but Friday the 13th is, like, totally different than that. Friday the 13th is a bunch of people go to a summer camp, and that summer camp is guarded by a crazy man who will murder them, and they are told, hey, don't go in here, you will get murdered. And I feel like this kind of deconstruction thing already happened, like, 10 years ago with, you know, Cabin in the Woods is kind of the standard. 
But I feel like Cabin in the Woods did it so well, nobody else wants to do it now. I saw uh, a couple of good ones that played with it, like uh, Happy Death Day doing Groundhog Day slasher movie, or uh, there's that new one, I didn't watch it, the one where uh, her and, it's like Freaky Friday, but slasher, where they're like swapping bodies. The real tongue-in-cheek stuff, I like that. There's also Final Girls, which was like, supposed to be like 80s, like they're trapped in the movie. So that's all interesting. And I want to do the influencer equivalent. So I don't know if I should play with these tropes or not. But I don't know if I could both deconstruct the tropes and do influencer shit. The problem with influencers is that there's so many different kinds. To boil them down would just be like doing the stereotyping of the archetypes. Like I tried. I took the six archetypes and I tried to write down all the different social media sites And then I was like, but yeah, but then I'm not following this kind of character or this kind of person or this kind. Like, there's so many different kinds of influencers. Every single one of them is different. That's the fun of it. I was like, ooh, the jock. That's an Instagram guy. That's like the muscle dude. You know, like the hot guy on Instagram thing. And then I was like, oh, the cheerleader. That's like a TikTok person. That's like the call me tracer girl or whatever. And the nerd and stoner. Oh, that's like an outcast. Who's the outcast of influencers? I guess it's Twitch. But not really, because, you know, it's whatever. And then I was like, who's, like, the most basic, like, the final girl? Oh, that would be a YouTuber. But then I thought, everybody's on YouTube. YouTube is the standard, and then you're on another social media if you want. Like, even if you're a Twitch streamer, you get your you get new people from YouTube, and you have highlights and stuff. And if you're an Instagrammer, then, well, you don't have to go to YouTube for that one, but you're probably on TikTok. And if you're a TikToker, you're probably trying to go to YouTube. And then the last one, I was like, well, who's the token person? And then I'm like, I don't know, Twitter? Feels like the, the 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 person that would get killed first is Twitter. Like, I hate Twitter. But I wouldn't like to take these archetypes and put them on these characters. It just feels weird. So I feel like the entire concept of, like, horror movie cliches is tired and boring and problematic and also just shitty. Like, it really means nothing. It's like, why why does it matter if he's, like, the big dumb jock? It's like, I could just write cleverly. I don't need to have... So at first, when I started this video, I was like, oh, I'm going to do the, the stereotypical slasher stuff. But now that I'm recording this, I'm like, no. No. I thought, oh, I might be able to justify it. No. Fuck it. Those tropes are stupid. They're tired, they're dated, they're wasteful. They're just... We've deconstructed them in a million ways. Like, what am I going to do? Am I going to do... Oh, he's the jock. He's the Instagram jock. Uh, or no, he's like a Jake Paul type. And ooh, he's gonna he's gonna be obnoxious and an asshole. And then we're gonna be like, yeah, I can't wait for him to get killed. And then he gets stabbed in the throat and he dies. <laughs> Boring. Or like, ooh, the big booby, big booby streamer or big booby Instagrammer. Oh, she's got an OnlyFans. Oh, oh, she's just as dumb as he is. Oh, I can't wait for her to die. Like it just doesn't work anymore. We've all grown up. Humanity is slowly growing up. I feel like the 80s and all that were like us teenage with media. Where it's like we all act like fucking 10 year olds. Like we never grew the fuck up. And now I feel like with social media, we're kind of forcing ourselves to be more adult and to grow up. It's part of this new age of YouTube and Twitch and all that. Is that accountability is a big thing now. And you can't just be an asshole. You have to really think about what you're doing and conduct yourself like an adult no matter what now, even if you're a solo person just breaking out into stuff. I don't know, this feels a bit too ranty. Normally by now I would have written like five movies. I don't know, I just thought it needed to be discussed before I jump into horror. So at least try to write a horror movie in a new way. Like actually try to write like a good one. Because if you just rely on the tropes, then it's boring. So... Murder at VidCon is a great title, and I can work off of that. So, what is the worst fear of an influencer? Obviously, it's getting murdered by your fans, right? So, I feel like all the influencers being killed by a fan is like the red herring, and the actual thing is that it's another influencer killing you for clout. There's some kind of beef, or maybe it's like a competition thing. I feel like competition on Twitch, maybe that could work, but not on YouTube. I don't know. I did want... The original idea of all this came from me being like, I wonder if you could do a horror movie with VTubers. But then I started thinking of the logistics, and I'm like, ah, that's not gonna work. 
Unless it's like an unfriended type deal, I don't think you could do it. Could do it about like a swatter or a doxer or something. I feel like it gets away from the roots of like a slasher. I still want to do a slasher, even though slashers are dated and problematic. They can still be fucking awesome. And I love them and I'll always love them. So how do I do a modern slasher about influencers? Okay. This really is impossible. Like this is really putting the impossible to the test. All right, let's do the questions. What is the concept? So the concept is murdered VidCon. So what that means is a bunch of influencers are brought to VidCon. They all meet up and hang out. They're a, a, a group that are hanging out together. And then slowly, one by one, they're each getting killed. And the whole point of the movie is us trying to figure out who done it, what's going on, and by the end, they get the murderer. So, how do you do a horror movie at VidCon? Because a convention can get shut down immediately. That's why they do horror movies out in the middle of nowhere. Or they do it with ghosts or some shit. Because you're very limited when the cops can be called at any moment. Could we do it at, like, a different convention? Like, it's not actually VidCon. It's like a TanaCon-type deal. Could we play with, like, the the TumblrCon? Like, what was that called? It was uh, DashCon. Could we do a DashCon-type deal where there's, like, a ball pit and shit? Like, could we do something with that? Like, a poorly marketed, and they're all guests at this poorly made convention. My other working title was, like, Phantom of the Convention or something. Phantom of the Algorithm. <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to get stuck here. All right. I knew this was going to be hard. And I was like, I got to do it. I got to try it. I'm like super tired and I was almost not going to do this. But I was like, fuck it. I got to do it today. I got to do this. Or else it's never going to get done. That's why the line for the intro of this is, I need to write this right now. Usually it's because I have an idea and I got to write it down. I got to figure it out. But now I'm like, I got to force an idea out here. And the hardest question of all the seven questions is... Who is the cast? Because once you have a set of characters, the movie writes itself. Like, you just go through the five questions of, like, okay, where do they start? How do they leave? Where do they go? Blah, 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 blah. Like, all that shit's easy. You basically have to figure out four things when you're making a movie. You figure out what you're going to write about, like the concept, what genre, and what is the story you're actually telling. Then you got to figure out who's in this movie and what does each of them represent and what are these people. Create these characters. And then you figure out where how the movie starts, like where their where their safe place is that they start in, how shit hits the fan, the, the catalyst and the and the inciting incident, and then the moment where they lose it all, the all is lost, the long dark night of the soul, and then everything else kind of falls into place around it. Like the climax almost doesn't matter. It's all about all is lost. It's about what happens right after the climax, and then the all is lost is what determines what the climax is. And then the space in between the climax and them leaving is just the fun shit you come up with after you have the story. And then the ending is just what happens after they lose everything. Usually where they're tested in the original theme. Blah, 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 blah. I don't need to explain writing. This is like, what, episode 12 or 9? I can't remember. There's so many shows and they all have different episode numbers. This is only episode 9? Wow. Why is there so little of this show? Maybe I started it late. They're bangers, though. They're all good. I'm reaching the end of the season. and I'm still trying to figure out whether or not if I'm going to end it now, the season, or if I'm going to end it in January. I was going to end it in January, but after I just did Byzantine Romance with Scott, I think that uh, that was a good season finale. So part of me is like, all right, why don't we just end the season now? I mean, Christmas is coming, and people are going to be busy, and I'm not going to be able to record. So I feel like this is the finale of this season. And then we'll come back like late January probably. But I'm stuck, man. I'm really stuck here. I'm having some trouble. Normally I would have blown through by now. Oh, shit. God damn it. Uh, this is a fucking road to trials for me, man. Okay. It's a convention being held by a specific influencer. So it's just like a TanaCon, right? And they've invited all of these influencers to come. None of them know each other. They are all completely unrelated to each other. They're all panelists, and they're all staying in the same hotel. The convention is being held in a really shitty place, and the hotel is real cheap and in the middle of nowhere. 
That way we can get the murders and the fun and the the influencer in charge does not want to call anyone. Does not want to call the cops, doesn't want an incident because then it's going to make them look bad. So all this shit's being held under the wraps. And they're all being locked inside the hotel to figure shit out on their own. And then they're going to call the cops. I feel like I could see a Jake Paul type, like Tana Mojo type shit going on here. Here's the question. Do we want to like any of these characters or we want to hate them all? Because I don't want to use the slasher stereotypes. I hate that. Like, that's just lazy. Just taking a stereotype and an influencer and mushing them together. But I still want to have the fun of making a slasher and hating people and then creating people I like. So what if instead of using those archetypes, we use actual, like, influencer archetypes? So, like, you know, Jake Paul. <laughs> like a fucking, like a different kind, like a Team 10 situation going on here. I do like the idea of doing multiple kinds. So the idea of, like, this is a convention. They've all been invited to this convention. This is the hotel that they're staying at. Some of them are friends, some of them aren't. There's cliques going on. And then people start dying one after another. Classic murder house of, like, ooh, the lights went out. That classic horror thing. I think that could be really fun. And like the convention could be the end of the movie. Or like maybe it's like day one of the convention. And then day two of the convention is where all this shit's going to go down. And then like day three is when like they start. Like the, it's the end of the movie. Because a convention is usually like three days, right? It's like the, the Friday is like the prep day. And it's like when everybody shows up and it's kind of fun, but also kind of chiller. And then Saturday is like the big day. And then Sunday is like, all right, we're going to blow out the whole place. So it's like, I do like the idea of following someone. It's like their first time at a convention. Like they're a new YouTuber or a new streamer or both. They're new on the scene and they're just starting out. And they're, they're like just starting just because I want to introduce this world to people who don't understand the the world of influencers and youtubers and shit so like we have this first timer and they've been invited to their first ever panel and they're very excited but they're also crazy nervous and then they come in and they kick a lot of ass and you know it, it's fun they're 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 nervous it's going and all right let's let's build some other characters out then okay what kinds of influencers are there and which ones do i root for which ones don't i root for so we got the rich, like, Jake Pauler, Tanamanjo, and Mojo. They're basically the jock and cheerleader of YouTube. And it's not even, like, a stereotype, like, the thing. Like, they're, they're, they're money-hungry assholes. <laughs> and I feel like that's too easy, though. I feel like I gotta give them depth. Maybe, maybe we can play with the idea of a YouTuber, of, of a persona online. Because anyone online, any influencer is two people. I mean, everyone is two people, but, like, your persona and who you really are are completely different, usually. So, like, the idea that each character has two facets, they have their persona and then their actual self. So it's like, I, like if I were to take actual YouTubers and use them as, like, a basis for this idea, you got your Jake Paul, right? On the surface, he's dumb, he's loud, he's obnoxious, he's a big baby, and he, he's like a... You know, he's like a, a jock frat guy, like, you know, he's got that energy of, like, money and ladies and, and, and rapping, like, badly and shit. Like, like, you get, you know who Jake Paul is. But then there's who he actually is, which he's actually, like, a really savvy businessman, but also, like, a really sleazy dude. And he knows exactly what he's doing. And he's a big marketing guy. He's like a, he's like a, you know, he's like that. Or, like, in a case of, like, a Tana, on the surface, real, yet again, obnoxious and clout chasey and money. But then also, she knows what she's doing. Her personality is actually less known, her actual human self. But, you see what I mean here? There's two sides to every person. Or, like, you could look at, like, a, like an animation YouTuber, and they're actually really business savvy, too. Like, there's a lot going on behind the scenes with different influencers, so, like, creating characters that way could be interesting. So, yeah, let me try to do it that way. What are the major... There's a million different kinds of influencers, but what are some influencers I would like to actually talk about? 
So I do want like uh like a frat bro streamer vlogger. Like I'm thinking like a like a Ludwig meets Jake Paul. Like I want like a hybrid character. I don't want to do this based on one specific influencer in general. I, I, I feel bad just name dropping all these people that I don't know and inserting them into a horror movie and making them all fight each other and die seems fucked up. So like the tropes of each one. So like I'm just going to combine a bunch of different kinds of people because there's so many different kinds that you can like combine like six to make a character. So we got like the broy streamer, but we also have like the money like rich guy vlogger. So you combine both of those and you get sort of like a like I also want him to be like a crypto guy. Then we need if we're going along with the archetypes, right? So like I don't want to use those archetypes. But I want to distill them down to what they actually are without all the negative shit on top. And I want to instill new negative things. That's what I'm doing now, I guess. So, like, the jock is really just the alpha male. He's the guy, the big guy on campus, right? He's the confident dude. And when I think confident influencer, there's they're not just a confident dude. They're the confident dude that the audience is supposed to hate. So the confident hate bro alpha. He's, he's the guy that... Either you don't want to be having sex with, or you don't want to be, or both. It's the it's the it's the cool guy, you know. Okay, that's that guy. We'll give him a name. What is the most like obnoxious, like gamer clan me- like fan <laughs> clan member shit, like a like a phase clan slash Jake Paul slash Ludwig type dude. What is what is what is a name for that? I'm thinking Johnny. Thinking like Blaze or something, or like that's what's coming into my mind. It just doesn't work. I'm trying to think of like a, a gaming term that has to do with like, hmm, fuck it. His name is Johnny No Scope from Crash Clan. <laughs> I feel like that sounds like a thing. All right, we need we need the female equivalent, whatever the they use it. The term cheerleader. What you're really thinking is attractive popular girl man i really am just doing the fucking tropes like i got stuck and i couldn't do anything else fuck writing is hard guys it's really hard it's hard to do this and get it right and not and try to break the mold and try to beat the system because like how else do you tell a story you got to build characters and you got to fucking put them into situations and it's like, when you build these characters, you have to start with an archetype. And horror has these archetypes, and they're fucking terrible. And I don't know how to not use them. Like, especially with this concept. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make the stereotypical characters, and then I'm going to change them. Like I said, these are their personas. So then I'm going to make the real them completely different. Like, completely flipped. I'm going to make all the people you think are going to be good people assholes, and all the people you think are assholes the good people. At least then it's different. Okay, attractive popular girl, you got the Insta model, OnlyFans, TikTok, gamer girl, makeup, T-channel. I'm just going to combine all the things. Okay, here we go. Here's the name. Glamour Girl 7821. I feel like that's a good, like, she's she's like the gamer girl vibe, but she's also like an Insta model and like an OnlyFans and like a TikToker. Like, she does it all. And she's like a makeup channel as well. Like, she has like all the different things. Like, I want all these influencers to be like top of the game. They do like nine things. Okay. Who is the outcast on YouTube and Twitch? I think it's the Filthy Franker. I think it's the... It's the commentary guy. It's it's the people who make crass humor and like offensive stuff. I like them. I like Filthy Frank. I like Willie Mac. I like like all these different guys who like these these commentary guys. Like the I love commentary shit. The Right Opinion, Jay Aubrey, uh, Wild Spartans before he just disappeared and became. Anyway, I don't want to talk about specific names, but. Um, FPS Diesel is a good one. Man, I miss Loudmouse. That was a good show. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, so like the outcast of a group of YouTubers would be the commentary guy. Because it's like, he makes offensive stuff, and he could get deleted at any time, he's risky, he might not have similar opinions to you, he might not have the same sense of humor, he's gonna, he's gonna be the outcast of that group. He's the stoner slash nerd character, you know? Like, that character's design is supposed to be the person that society doesn't like, but you yourself can see yourself in. And I think commentary guy is definitely that. Alright, what would be a good commentary guy? Hmm. Ooh. I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at uh a thesaurus for dirty or like filthy for like filthy Frank or whatever. Smeared, greasy, unwashed, stained, grimy, taint, tarnish, spoil, stain, grime stain. <laughs> grimy Gray. That's his name. His name is Grimy Gray. I like that. I like Grimy Gray. I would watch Grimy Gray. I would like it. I would like to watch him. That'd be fun. All right. So next up, you're supposed to do the minority one. I hate that. I hate it. The token character. That's the one trope that needs to die. What's what's the equivalent to like a token person? Like that's not a thing on, on the internet. I mean, maybe, but no, no. Okay. So far, we got Johnny No Scope. Gamer Girl, or Glamour Girl, and Grimy Gray. So, so far we've represented T-Channels, Vloggers, TikTokers, Instagrammers, OnlyFansers, Trolls, um, Gross-Out Humor People, Commentary, Frat Bro Streamer Guys, Crypto Dudes. I want to do Animators. And there are two kinds of Animators. So, I want to do both versions of an Animator. So, let's do that. So, when you're talking about animators online, there's two kinds. There's new, there's old school animators, like Newgrounds animators. And then there are the modern storytime animators. And then there's sort of like parody animators, I guess, also. There's actually three. Yeah, there's three animators now because I forgot about... I forgot about Meat Canyon, and he's kind of changed the game. So you have like Oni, or like Psychic Pebbles. The really funny, but also kind of offensive. Sort of similar to the Grimy Gray type dude. And they're animators, and they're from Newgrounds. They're the, like, old-school, gritty, you know, toilet humor animators. But they're really fucking good, and they have these really crazy styles. And they got real artistic integrity to them. Then you have the clean, by-the-book, nice, all-of-them-from-Arizona-for-some-reason animators, like, storytime animators, right? And what they are is they're like, all right, we're here... We're the bubbly, family-friendly animators. We're going to tell stories about our lives. But really what they are is like fucking marketing geniuses because they build entire teams and they pump that shit out as fast as possible and they got merch out the asshole. So, like, don't underestimate them. And then you got the Meat Canyons and the Flash Gits, but they're, they're sort of new grounders. There's like the, the, the animation studios like like uh like Dorkly or like uh Lowbrow Smash Bits those like animation studios of like a bunch of people making stuff together slightly corporate. There's a lot of different kinds of animations. I'm trying to instill this into like two characters. And that's hard. That's real hard. Hmm. Cause you know another thing, like storytime animators really are like early VTubers. They're basically VTubers with extra steps. Like, a lot of them should just become VTubers. I don't know why they don't do that. Like, Jaden Animations, why the fuck isn't she a VTuber? Like, why isn't she streaming with a VTuber avatar? Maybe she is. I don't know. Maybe I haven't checked enough. But, like, I could definitely see that kind of thing going on. I feel like I gotta have three. I gotta have three animators. I gotta have the old one, the young one, and the middle one. You can also get in the retired part with the new grounds because a lot of new groundsers are, like, doing real shit. Like, they're doing, like, fucking adult swim shows and shit and like making music and like they're like they're they're beyond their original youtube and newgrounds roots they're like semi-retired where they're like doing other shit they're not just a youtuber they do other stuff like uh aaron from game grumps he used to be a newgrounder now he's like he owns a touring company he owns game grumps there's like a whole scribble showdown thing like there's like he's got a lot more going on than just youtube like all those things are on youtube but not all of them, but some of those things are on YouTube, but it's not about the YouTube in there. It's more about the overall business. I guess I guess you could lump in the parody guys with those guys. I mean, 
Is Meat Canyon all that different from the OG Newgrounders? Not really. He just doesn't have that Newgrounds vibe. He's got other shit going on, but he's he's kind of in that vein. You could also kind of shove Flash Gets in there. So, like, I'll say they're an independent also. Like, we can add in the, in the idea of, like, an animator that does it all by themselves and then an animator that does it, like, with a massive team. Okay. What is the name of this OG person? See, there's Psychic Pebbles. There's Oni-NG. There's Meat Canyon. It's usually, like, Flash Gets. It's, like, two words... Maybe a name in there, but usually not. Two words that usually mean nothing. It's just like two things. I'm just looking around my room trying to find something. <laughs> I just came up with the funniest fucking username. Oh my god, this, somebody's got to have this name. Never Google this, okay? Never. Blue Waffle. <laughs> I feel like that's such a fucking good... Like, gritty animator name. Blue Waffle. It sounds like a like an animator name, but it also means something fucked up, so if somebody searches it, it's kind of trolly. I like that. Alright, then you have the, the squeaky clean story time animator. I'll also say slash VTuber, since we'll have it. Okay, we've done animation. We've done live action. We've done commentary. We've done all that. What is left? What is missing? From that puzzle. Let's plays. Education. Like I'm thinking Markiplier and I'm thinking Hank Green. I'm like where's the where's the in between with those two? Like who can we create with that? Because those are very different. Should they be separate characters or can we mix them? Damn this is hard. This is a lot of work. I also just realized if you take Markiplier and Hank Green and you combine them. That's just MatPat. Oh shit. Okay. Um... So yeah, like a charity, gamer, educator, teacher, inspiration, abstract artist. Okay, let's think of names now. I'm trying to combine like a game theory with like a crash course with like a Markiplier, like a Jacksepticeye, like a PewDiePie. So it's got to be a gamer tag and like a, a, a show. Or like a Captain Sparkles. Like something that sounds stupid, but isn't. Something that's like, it wouldn't get your name taken seriously. <laughs> it's gotta be a pun on the name. God, it's hard to come up with a name pun. Like, fuck. Sergeant Quintastrophe. Sure. I This sucks. That sucks. That's all I got. Sergeant Quint... I was like, alright, not Cap... I, I don't want a Captain. I, I wanna do like a Sergeant. That sounds fun. And I'm like, all right, well, Quinn, like, I'm trying to think of, like, Kill, Killtrocity or Killionaire. All right, is that everyone that I could represent influencer-wise? Okay, we got commentary, we got live-action stuff, we got gaming, we got animation. A couple of different ones could be making music. A couple of different ones could be doing uh, charity stuff. This guy could do, like, Mr. Beast shit. I think that's enough. I think that's a whole crew. Alright, we have six characters. The list I had had six tropes. I kind of threw a lot of those tropes away, but here here are our characters. We gotta give them a second vibe underneath. So, here we go. Number one, we'll go from the bottom of the list up. Sergeant Quintrocity. He's a charity, live streaming, gamer, educator, teacher, inspiration, abstract artist. Think Markiplier meets John Green meets uh, Matt Pat, Jacksepticeye, Captain Sparkles, Sparkles type dude. Basically, he's a gamer. He started out like a gamer. He had trials and tribulations in his life, and he used that to make stuff. And then he got a lot of views, and the gaming explosion blew up, became a big-time gamer, then started doing charity work to try to make up for the fact that he's just a gamer. Um, started branching out and doing other kinds of crazy things. Ooh, let's say clothing line. And he's a director in his spare time. There's a lot there. That that guy exists. Okay, so that's Quinn. He is in person, kind, sweet, down-to-earth loner. 
but in private will say narcissistic, angry. I'm just trying to create like an opposite of the vibe they give on their persona. Uh, we'll say control freak. Yeah. Alright, then we have the story time animator, which I never named. I should give her a name. They're a VTuber now, but they were a story time animator. Also, uh, Quinn, he's gonna have a show called Quinn Notes. Like Cliff Notes, but with Quinn. I don't know. I just needed a name. I'm running out of time here. Here we go. Tamara Draws. She's a, she's a YouTuber. Uh, she's a VTuber. She's a animator, for a storytime animator. She's moved into doing YouTube. She's friendly. And she's family friendly. She's, uh, you know, her persona is all bubbly and cute. But secretly, I don't know. What do we got with that? Like, I was saying, oh, maybe she makes dirty jokes and stuff. But I'm like, what could she be behind the scenes? What's something bad that a YouTuber could be? So we already got narcissistic. We already got all the surface level shit from the other ones. Ooh, what what is something really? I don't want them to be like super villainous though. I just want it like a. All right, what if she's like self centered? She's like shitty to her fans, and she thinks only she thinks she's better than everybody. We'll do that. I'm doing this because I'm trying to create the opposite. I want I want to make. The good people seem bad and the bad people seem good. I just want to switch things up. Give us more to play with as the story progresses. Okay, so Blue Waffle. He's a crass, semi-retired YouTuber. Uh, he was like an independent animator. And then he, um, you know, did commentary. Or no, he's not commentary. Commentary is the other one. So this is like a... This is like the shit. Okay, this is the Newgrounds animator. Okay, usually the way the Newgrounds animators work is they're they're busy all the time. They're hard workers. They work a lot. They do a lot of shit. And they got a bunch of shows going, and they're usually, like, real introverted. I'm just trying to add you. This, this is the problem with, like, pulling real-life people and then, like, pulling uh, archetypes out of them. Is, like, then when I try to make them different, it makes me seem like I'm using the actual person's stuff. Um, I was like, well, maybe they're like doing drugs. Maybe like, not like a stoner, but like actually like a heroin addict or some shit. But I'm like, that's too far on this. I feel like I get that character already. I don't really need to do it. They're old and they're hardworking. I'm, this, this, this episode's going real long, man. I gotta start making some moves. All right. Grimy Gray. They're a commentary YouTuber. They seem like an asshole. They're not. They're surprisingly nice. Uh, Gamer Girl. She seems like a... Um, you know, a, a super um, self-centered and like gamer no, glamour girl seems like a she'd be a real asshole, but she's not. I want to have her be. She does a lot of charity, but she doesn't tell anybody. And then we got Johnny No Scope, bro, crypto guy. I feel like his secret backstory is that he's like a, a VTuber on the side. <laughs> He's like a, he's like the exact opposite of a gamer bro when he's a VTuber. He's like a fucking femboy VTuber in secret. While being like... It'd be fucking hilarious if Jake Paul was a fucking secretly a femboy online. It'd be fucking fascinating to learn that. Alright, so we got our characters. There's a lot of them. They're complicated. There's a lot going on here. Alright, let's do the questions and we should be done soon. Okay. That's the cast. We need to know who the villain is. Okay. Alright, the red herring is the obsessive fan. There's a fallen YouTuber that's given up, that's been, like, their shit deleted, that's, that like, enemies and stuff. I feel like one of them should be the murderer. The most shocking one of all of them would be, uh, would be Tamara Draws being the murderer. What's her motive for killing? Hmm. That's the problem here, is there's, there's gotta be a motive at this point. I feel like all these people are too self-centered and uh, and busy with their own shit to be the murderer. Okay, here, here we go. Okay, Tamara Draws. She's a animator. She worked her way up from nothing. She's an industry titan. But she seems like this innocent, bubbly person. But actually, she's been killing all of them. Johnny scammed her with some crypto shit and some NFT stuff. 
Glamour Girl gets in her way when she's trying to kill somebody and figures out who she is, and then she's got to take her down. Grimy Gray is making a video on her that's going to expose her for all the shit she's been up to. Blue Waffle drew some dirty art of her, and he doxed her secretly, and she's always hated him for that. And then uh, she used to work for Quinn, and she hates him, and she's been stewing on this for years because he overworked her and treated her like shit. So when she starts killing people, those are all of her motives. Okay, so now we're into the actual story. How does it start? Who's going to be the main character here? So, I like Quinn. Hmm. I feel like it needs to be more ensemble than anything else. Like, usually in a horror movie, you don't really know who the main character is. I was going to say, like, it's somebody's first time. So maybe it can seem like Tamara is the main character at first. And she's like, it starts with her. This is Tamara's first convention as a guest speaker. Who's throwing the convention? Let's see. Uh... I feel like it should either be Quinn, Glamour Girl, or Johnny. If it is one of them that's hosting it. What do all these people have in common that would have them all speak? I feel like the center of all of this is maybe Quinn because he has connections to all of them. Because he's been around for a long time. So he would know Blue Waffle and he would know Grimy. But then also he could have invited like popular people. So he would have invited Johnny and Glamour Girl. Glamour Girl needs a name. How about Glenda? Glenda Glamour Girl? Um, yeah, okay, Quinn's Convention. Okay, um, so the safe haven, in this case with a horror movie, the way it works is it's where, it's your hotel room. It's like your base of operations. So the convention should be the start. That's the safe place. We meet all the characters as they have the first day of the convention. Day one of QuinnCon. Everybody's having fun. We meet everyone. All right, they leave and they go to the hotel. That's the, the threshold moment, is waking up the next day. Instead of killing one of these people, I'm just going to kill a random person. Sketchy dog. I don't know, that just popped into my head. He dies. <laughs> He's just dead right at the beginning. Okay, so they go back to the hotel. Suddenly, none of their phones work. There's no service. There's a cell phone jammer there blocking all their signals. All the doors are sealed in the night. And Sketchy Dog dies. Just some random guy. He's a VTuber of some kind. He dies. The group are investigating what the hell's going on. What the hell's happening here. They can't get out. They can't call for help. They're trapped in this hotel. And they can't leave. They start sussing each other out. Things are tense. Things are weird. Somebody dies. Grimy Gray dies. She kills him. He was going to make a video on her. So she took him out and took his hard drive. Like smashed his computer. Computer's been destroyed. Oh my god, what is going on? Who did this? Why did they do this? Investigations start going. Accusations. People's dirty laundry starts coming out. People start learning more and more and more. The Glamour Girl, our true hero, finds the uh, finds a USB and uh, basically figures out what's going on. And then Tamara, we'll say the killer tries to kill us. Someone in a mask. We'll, what does what the killer vibe look like? So... I want them to be wearing one of those shitty Instagram, like, masks that you buy, the ones that light up and you can, like, program in lights. Tamara's wearing that and, like, a black uh, hoodie and, and black sweatpants. Like a black trench coat or something, or a black uh, robe, so you can't see. It's like a, yeah, it's a robe they all have. It's the hotel robe in black, and you can't see her face or anything of her form. You can't tell who it is. It's like a super bulky robe. All right, while investigating shit... Glamour Girl gets attacked by this villain. And in the chaos, the asshole we thought, the jock asshole this whole time, Johnny No Scope, trying to protect her or whatever. Okay, so Gray's dead. Johnny's dead. All that's left is Quinn, the murderer, Blue Waffle, and Glenda, who's already been attacked. At this point, we need a red herring. So they're all hiding together. Trying to stay back to back so none of this shit goes on. At this point, I think Waffle should die by some kind of accident. And it looks like Quinn did it. Tamara and Glenda team up to take down Quinn. They kill him, but we find out it was Tamara all along. Glenda breaks out into the convention where Tamara is trying to kill her. In the end... She plays a video 
She plays Gray's video. Or no, Gray's video goes live and it saves her life. Or no, no, I think she should have the flash drive and use it. And Tamara is arrested. I think that all works. The all is lost moment is Quinn dying, the guy who brought them all here, who's kind of an asshole, but near the end kind of redeems himself and they kill him mercilessly and then find out, oh no, he wasn't a bad dude. I think there's a lot of twists and turns in this. So let's go through it one more time. This is what I've come up with. Our main characters are Tamara and Glenda. Glenda is an Instagram model. She's a OnlyFans person. Her whole vibe is that she's supposed to seem like the fake Instagram girl. Like a like a bimbo chick. Like a really like self-centered, narcissistic girl. But she's not. She's actually very down-to-earth and very kind and nice. She does a lot of charity and shit. Tamara, who seems like the kind of gentle one, is actually the murderer deep down. Story starts with Tamara saying that this is the first time she's ever going to a convention. Same thing with uh, Glenda. Glenda, surprisingly, has never gone to a convention before. The two of them bond over this, and Sergeant Quinn throws this big-ass convention, QuinnCon. Day one of QuinnCon happens. They're making friends. They're having fun. Everything's going good. They're partying. They're drinking. They're having a good time. Meeting fans, signing autographs, having a crazy long day. They wake up the next morning. Everybody's hungover. And they go to leave. Door's locked. They're like, what the fuck's going on? They're tr- they, none of their phones are working. They're trying to figure out what's, what the hell to do. And for some reason, the guy they met at the beginning, Sketchy Dog, it's just like, whatever. They just like meet a guy and he's... Like, in the montage of craziness in the beginning. And he's like, hey, I'm sketchy dog. And they're like, oh, shit, it's the biggest guy, blah, blah, blah. And then he ends up dying. They find his body. And they realize, oh, shit, we're trapped in the hotel with a murderer. So they do some Among Us. And they suss out what's going on. Everybody has a meeting. We get to know each character even more after we already learned more about them in the beginning. We end up finding out Grimy is dead. He was making a video on one of them. And he had a laptop with a bunch of information. Actually, I don't know if Sketchy Dog needs to be in there. Maybe Sketchy Dog and, and Grimy were supposed to talk later that night. Like, the next day, they were supposed to talk about some shit. Secretly, he was supposed to do an interview where they talk about some shit. And Sketchy knew stuff about tomorrow nobody knew. And that was part of his, this guy's video. And then he got killed before he could do the interview. And he's trying to figure out what the hell's going on. He doesn't suspect tomorrow or anything. He's just dealing with other shit. And they're all kind of dealing with their problems and doing their shit. And they're like, oh, is it a prank? Is this a fan? Is this like a... And then eventually a murderer in a mask stabs Grimy to death. Just murders the shit out of him. Destroys his laptop. And then Glamour Girl and the others are sort of investigating. Her and uh, and Johnny are investigating together. And she sort of learns his secret that he's actually a femboy VTuber. And he's not like this jock asshole. He's actually a really kind and gentle dude. And uh, they end up finding out that there was a flash drive. And they find this flash drive and this information on this laptop. And then the killer comes in and he's going to kill both of them. And uh, is going to kill Glenda. And then she gets, he jumps in the way and he gets stabbed and he dies. And we lose him. Johnny dies right after we started liking him. So she finds the flash drive and she's looking through it. And there's a bunch of different evidence on there because Grimy was dealing with a lot of different commentary shit. And he had a lot of different stories and videos about different people. And he uh, had an obsessive fan that was kind of stalking him and like a doxer and shit that he was trying to get caught. So the four of them decide, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to all hide in a room together. And whoever the hell this guy is, this doxing weirdo, they're going to have to come at us, and we can together take them down. Waffle, the uh, the old school animator, the older dude, the four of them are hiding now. All we have left is Quinn, the guy who owns the convention, who's this sort of older 30s, like later 30s dude. He's like a gaming YouTuber. He owns the whole place. He's also kind of a teacher and an educator. And then we have Tamara, who's like the younger one, who's the killer. Then we got Glenda, who's like the Instagram model. And then we got uh, Waffle, who is a old-school animator. Basically, two older dudes, two younger girls. Quinn's way older than the rest. Waffle's way older than the rest. So they're all there. They're doing their things. And in that moment, somehow, Waffle is killed. Maybe 
there's something set up ahead of time, some kind of trap that they set up that basically kills him. Maybe he goes to make some food with a microwave or some shit while they're all sitting there in the room. Microwave explodes, knife shoots in his head or some shit, he dies. And they immediately, Tamara turns it on Quinn, basically explains that the two of you knew each other. There's nobody else here. You're the murderer. She finds something on the files that was about him, and she's like, oh, you see, you're abusing your workers. Like, he knew you killed him. We gotta stop him. You gotta take him out. And then together, her Glenda and Tamara sort of capture the dude, and they, like, knock him out, and they have him at their, you know, tied up. And Glenda leaves the room for a second, and then Tamara fucking kills him. Or maybe she doesn't leave. She's sitting there. He's in a chair. He's like, I didn't do this, blah, 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 blah. She's turning us against each other. And then Tamara kills him, revealing that she's the bad guy. She's wearing the mask. And then she chases Glenda through the whole place. Glenda ends up kicking open a vent or something and getting out of the hotel into the convention hall where the convention is happening. And then she's running through the crowd and Tamara's coming after her in the mask. And she's trying to find the perfect moment to get her. And then that's when the video goes live that Gray was setting up. And everybody's talking about it at the convention, and then they call the cops, and she gets taken down right as she's about to kill Glenda, and the mob takes her out. The end. I think that's an interesting story. It's better than the garbage I was gonna make. Everybody's got different character stuff going on. I didn't get super in-depth. I feel like this is a first pass, but I don't know. It's something to do. I'm not sure if this is the last episode of the season. It might be. But once the season is over, I'm going to come back end of January or early February, probably. I just feel like I need to take a break. I've been doing a lot of this. I've been working pretty hard on all these episodes. And uh, I need to get a backlog a little bit. And I've been streaming a lot and making a lot of things. And I think I need to take a couple months off just for health. And also because I'm not going to be able to get guests regularly because of Christmas and New Year's. So I might as well just take a break. So we'll be back with season two couple months i might do one more of these but probably not thanks for listening bye